be here. So grateful for each and every one of you. Um, had a, a very rich time um, in the Lord over the past few days as we read through Scripture together as a body of believers. And so grateful for all those who came out to read. Um, we were able to finish up the reading of God's Word uh, last night, just a little before midnight. Uh, we went through Genesis to Revelation and just had a great time reading of the Scripture and reading of God's Word and the Word of God reading our hearts and our lives, and so grateful for the time that we had together, and so grateful for each and every one of you, um, but excited to see where the Lord will continue to lead and work and do a great work in through each and every one of our lives um, as we look to 2022 and look and expectantly for God to do an amazing work uh, in and through our lives, and so I'm just so grateful um, for that time that we had, and so grateful for the faithfulness of our God, and so grateful that we have a living and active word that we can read. Not just the hard copy, but also digital and everything in between. And I want to encourage each and every one of you uh, and let you know that tomorrow, Monday, starts the churchwide reading plan. Um, you can um, sign up for that uh, through the uh, online, through the app. Uh, the U version, and also there's some hard copies uh, in back, and uh, there's actually a, a um, smaller version for some of our younger students, and so as you are reading together, we want to encourage you to read as a family, to grab some of those copies uh, for your, your children as well, um, and to read the Word of God as a family. Um, and we're going to see why we should read the Word of God. We're going to see the power of the Word of God. We're going to see the authority of the Word of God as we look to Scripture today. And we're going to see our desperate need for the Word of God. You see, we're going to pick up in 2 Chronicles today, and we're going to see a time when the Word of God was lost. The Word of, the word of God was not being read. It was not central. It was uh, lost to the people, and the people were not reading the Word of God. And you see, when the Word of God is not being read, and when we are not reading the Word of God, and the Word of God is not reading us and is not leading us or directing us, we see that it is a formula for disaster. And we're going to see that there is a time where there are altars upon altars to these false gods. And we're going to see that people and the sin of the land is running rampant in this time. And it is running rampant because the word of God is not there. There's no authority. There's, the word of God is not being read. The word of God is not leading the people of God. They have become distant and ignorant to the word of God. And the sins of the land is much. We're going to pick up in the 34th chapter of Second Chronicles. And before we read, let us pray for the reading of the word. Father, Heavenly Father, God, I pray for your word as it is being read, God, that we would decrease and that you would increase. God, that we would be hidden behind your cross and the truth that we hear is not from man but from you. The active, the living word of God. And I pray, God, that our hearts be softened and tendered. God, that it would be a heart ready to receive your truth. And God, give us ears to hear, eyes to see, God, and a heart that is open 
and vulnerable and ready to be transformed by your truth and your truth alone. God, I pray for the time that we gather here for the reading of your word. God, would you redeem it for your glory and for our good? We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we're going to read the whole chapter, chapter 34, 2 Chronicles. Josiah was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. He did right in the sight of the Lord, and he walked in the ways of his father David. He did not turn aside to the right or to the left. For in the eighth year of his reign, while he was still a youth, he began to seek the God of his father David. And in the twelfth year, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem of the high places, the ashram, the carved images, and the molten images. They, were torn, they, they tore down the altars of the Baals in his presence. And in the, inc- in the incense altars that were high above them, he chopped down. Also the ashram in the carved images and the molten images, he broke into pieces and he ground to powder and scattered it on the graves of those who had sacrificed to them. Then he burnt the bones of the priests of the altars and he purged Judah and Jerusalem. In the cities of Manasseh, Ephraim, Simeon, and as far as the Naphtali and the surrounding ruins, he also tore down the altars and he beat the ashram and the carved images into powder and he chopped down all the incense altars throughout the land of Israel. Then he returned to Jerusalem. Now, the 18th year of his reign, when he had purged the land of the house, he sent Shaphan, the son of Azel, and the and Masiel, and the official of the city of Joha, and the son of Johaz, the official of the city, sorry, the, Johaz, the recorder, to repair the house of the Lord his God. They came to Hilkiah, the high priest, and delivered the money that was brought into the house of God, which the Levites, the doorkeepers, had collected from Manasseh and Ephraim, and from the remnant of Israel, and from all of Judah and Benjamin and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Then they gave it into the hands of the workmen who had the oversight of the house of the Lord. And the workmen who were working in the house of the Lord used it to restore and to repair the house. They, in turn, gave it over to the carpenters and to the builders to buy quarried stone and timber for couplings and to make beams for the house which the king of of Judah had let go to ruin. The men did the work faithfully with foremen over them to supervise. Johath and Obadiah, the Levites, the son of Mary, Zechariah and Meshulam, and the sons of the Kohathites and the Levites, all who were skilled with musical instruments. They were also over the burden bearers and, the, and supervised all the workmen from job to job. And some of the Levites were scribes and officials and gatekeepers. Verse 14. When they were bringing out the money which they had brought to the house of the Lord, Hilkiah the high priest found a book of the law of the Lord given to Moses. Hilkiah responded and said to Shaphan the scribe, I found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan. Then Shaphan brought the book to the king and reported further word to the king, saying, Everything that was entrusted to your servants they are doing. They've also emptied 
out the money that was found in the house of the Lord, and they delivered it into the hands of the supervisors and the workmen. Moreover, Shaphan the scribe told the king, saying, Hilkiah the priest gave me a book, and Shaphan read from it in the presence of the king. Verse 19, and when the king heard the words of the law, he tore his clothes. Then the king commanded Hilkiah, Ahiakim, and the son of Shaphan, Abdon, the son of Micah, Shaphan, the scribe, and Isaiah, the king's servant, saying, Go inquire of the Lord for me and for those who are left in Israel and in Judah concerning the words of the book that we have found, that has been found. For great is the wrath of the Lord which is poured out on us because our fathers have not observed the word of the Lord to do according to all that is written in this book. So Hilkiah and those whom the king had told went to Huldah the prophetess, the wife of Shalem, the son of uh, Talkath, and the son of Hazra, the keeper of the wardrobe. Now she lived in Jerusalem in the second quarter. And they spoke to her regarding this. She said to them, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Tell the man who sent you to me, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I am bringing evil on this place and on its inhabitants, even all the curse written in the book which they have read in the presence of the king of Judah, because they have forsaken me and have burned incense to other gods, and they might provoke me to anger with all the works of their hand. Therefore, my wrath will be poured out on this place, and it shall be quenched. Verse 26. But to the king of Judah, who sent you to inquire of the Lord, thus will you say to him, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, regarding the words of which you have heard, because your heart was tender and humbled and humbled yourself before God. When you heard the word against this place and against the inhabitants, and because you humbled yourself before me, tore your clothes and wept before me, I, tr- I truly have heard you, declares the Lord. Behold, I will gather you to your fathers and you shall be gathered to the grave in peace so your eyes will not see all the evil which I will bring to this place and on its inhabitants. And they brought back the word to the king and the king sent sent and gathered all the elders of Judah in Jerusalem. The king went up to the house of the Lord and all of the men of Judah, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the priests and the Levites and all the people from the greatest to the least. And he read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant that which was found in the house of the Lord. And the king stood in his place and he made a covenant before the Lord to walk after the Lord and to keep his commands and his testimonies and his statutes with all of his heart and with all of his soul to perform the words of the covenant written in this book. Moreover, he made all who were present in Jerusalem and Benjamin to stand with him. So the inhabitants of Jerusalem did according to the covenant of God, the God of their fathers. Josiah removed all the abominations from all the land belonging to the sons of Israel and made all who were present in Israel serve the Lord their God. Throughout his lifetime, they did not turn from following the Lord God of their fathers. Amen. We see Josiah, a young king, at eight years old, take the throne. 
that formerly was his father's. His father was a corrupt king. Only after a few years of being king was he assassinated by the people. And then the people grabbed Josiah. The people put Josiah in throne. Now, Josiah would have had some kind of mentor, some kind of helper to help him at eight years old to be king. But we see a turning point. We see at the age of 16, after eight years of being king, he starts to seek the Lord. And we're going to pick out three different points that I want us to see in the scripture today. But the foundation of the scripture today and the climax and in, in, in the core of this scripture is the word of God. And I want us to understand that, that the word of God in our lives is the central part of our life, is the foundation, is the key to our life, is the key to our, our living a obedient life, a pleasing life, a glorifying life. It is the Word of God. And so as we see the life of Josiah, the first thing that I want to implore each and every one of you, as well as myself, is to seek the Lord. At the age of 16, we see Josiah seeking the Lord. And for us, too, we are called to seek the Lord. Many times in the Gospels, we hear Jesus using words like knock and you shall find, seek, right? Ask and you will receive. To look, to abide. This is an active faith. We have an active faith and we have an active role to play in our faith. But one question that I had as I'm reading this and looking over the text is Josiah is to seek the Lord, but as we read the scripture, that there is no word that he does not have the word of God, but yet we have the word of God. And so how do we seek the Lord without the word of God? Well, he had somebody to help him. He looked to his fathers, right? He looked to his father, David, the scripture says. And I see a beautiful picture of discipleship and a beautiful call for us to be discipled and in discipling relationships, for us to have mentors and godly men and women who are our generations or, or, or who are above us and, and, and more experienced in the faith. And there is a call here that we see as we seek the Lord, that we seek the Lord in community. We, we have godly men and women who have gone before us seeking the Lord and that, can, that we can look to. And I'm grateful for godly men and women here who, who faithfully serve in our, our kingdom kids and in our small groups and our student ministry and that, seek, and that serve in Sunday school uh, teachers and, and, and many other different roles to lead the church, to lead the next generation. And there's a call for us as, as and a call for, I guess not us, I'm old, but for our younger, our students, Right? To seek the Lord, to seek the Lord where you are, to seek the Lord in the season that you find yourself in right now, young and old alike. And we see Josiah seeking the Lord. Now we have the word. The word of God is not lost, but we have many copies of the word of God. 
And we can seek him through the reading of his word, through the meditating of his word, through time of prayer, through time of meditation, through time of service, through time of, 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 of ministry and mission work, and time of, of being a, a good student or a good athlete to seek the Lord where God has you. And then we see a, another turning point as, at the age of 20. After 12 years of rain, right, and and as we have have been reading through the scriptures over these past few days, we see these times and maybe these harder scriptures to read where you are are talking about a census or you're talking about this tribe and this people and and it's numbering them and you're going through some of these these harder things. But we see that a lot of times they they wouldn't count them, but they uh, they would count them at 20 years of age. Because at 20 years of age, they were, they were ready to serve in the army. And they were, they were considered part of, of the tribe and the army and those that would have been active in, in the military or active in service. And we see at 20 years of age that there is, there is a, a change in Josiah and he, he seeks the Lord for four years. And then after those four years, at the age of 20, we see him now Active. We see him going around and he destroying these altars to these false gods. And he's not just destroying them. He's not just, just breaking them down and, 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 and dismantling them. But it says that he's crushing them, right? He's, he's, he's grinding them up into nothing, unrecognizable. And I'm reminded of a quote from John Owen where he says, Be killing sin or sin be killing you. There are altars that we, there, 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 are, there are things in our life, there are tables in our life that we're feasting at, that, that, that Christ would have flipped over, that Josiah would have destroyed and dismantled and crushed. And there are things in our lives where we need to destroy and prune. We need to, to do work and do business and we need to kill and they should not be associated with the life of a Christian. There are things that we need to get serious with and that we need to destroy. And we need to have people to hold us accountable. And we say, I'm struggling in this area and I need help killing this sin, killing this stronghold. I need help. And we need to be real. We need to be raw. We need to be open and honest. But you see that all these altars were there. All, these, all this sin was running rampant. Why? Because it is the word of God that was not there. When, when the word of God is not present, Sin runs rampant. When we, all we are doing is, is, is filling the flesh, is feeding the flesh, the spirit is being starved. And therefore, the flesh is flourishing. And sin is wild. And sin is thriving. And that's where Josiah found himself as king at a young age, at the age of 20, in the college years, right, where there's more freedom in the life of of, of college kids, right? We see him, this young man at 20 years of age, doing business, getting it right, firming his foundation, killing the sin of the land. He was doing what, what God's people were called to do in Deuteronomy chapter 12, before he rediscovers, before the, the word of God is found, right, these things should have already been in place. In Deuteronomy chapter 12, it says, and these are the statutes and the judgments which you shall carefully observe in the land of which the Lord, the God of your father, has given to you as possess as long as you live on the earth. 
You shall utterly destroy all the places where the nations whom you shall dispossess serve their gods. On the high mountains and on the hills and under every green tree, you shall tear down their altars, smash their sacred pillars, and burn their ashram with fire. You shall cut down the engraved images of their gods and obliterate their name from that place. All of this, right, that was already given to them, to the generation and the generations and the generations before Josiah. But the word of God had been forgotten, not just forgotten, but lost and ignored. And so sin ran rampant in the time of Josiah. But we see Josiah doing work. We see Josiah active in his faith. And so the first thing, right, is to seek the Lord. The second thing, as we see, as he is being active, right, and as, as he is doing all this work in the land, and then he moves to the temple, and he starts cleaning and rebuilding the temple, and they discover the word of God. And the second call, as we see in the life of Josiah, is to be sensitive to the word. So number one, we seek the Lord. And number two, be sensitive to the word. In verse 19, it says, and when the king heard the words of the law, he tore his clothes. This sign of humility, this sign of repentance, this, this sign of, of, of reckoning in his life. We see the same picture in the life of Job. And I want to ask you before I read these, this couple of verses from Job, as the word of God was read, we see Josiah repenting. We see Josiah broken because the law of God had not been kept, because of the sin of the land, the sin in his own heart, and because the wrath of God would be great. And I want to ask you this question. Does your sin grieve you? Does the sin of your family, does the sin of this land, does it grieve you? And does it grieve you this way? We see Job, chapter 1, verse 13. It says, Now on the day when his sons and his daughters were, were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, a messenger came to Job and he said, the oxen plowing and the donkeys were feeding besides them. And the Sabaeans attacked and he took them. And they also slew the servants at the edge of the sword. And I alone escaped to tell you. And while he, he was still speaking, yet another servant came. And he said, the fire of God fell from heaven. He burned up the sheep and the servants and it consumed them. And I alone escaped to tell you. And while he was still speaking, Another also came, and he said the Chaldeans formed three bands, and they made a raid on the camels, and they took them, and they slew the servants by the edge of the sword, and I alone escaped to save you. And while he was still speaking, another came, and he said the sons and your daughters were eating, and they were drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And behold, a great wind came across the wilderness, and it struck the four corners of the house, and it fell on the young people, and they died. And I alone have, have escaped to tell you. Then Job arose and he tore his robe and he shaved his head and he fell on the ground and he worshiped. Does your sin grieve you to that point? To tear your robe, to tear, not render your garments, but render your heart, scripture says. To be torn, to be open. Does your sin bring you to that state of repentance? That state of grievance? 
because we are called to be sensitive to the word of God, to not be hardened in our hearts. We see, we see that through, through Pharaoh and through many others, right? Their hearts were hardened. And we see the destruction and the despair to have a hardened heart. We see the sign of humility, right? Throughout these, these 70-something hours as we were reading the word of God, and the word of God was reading our hearts, many times we would look up and we would hear the trembling of a voice, and, and we would experience those reading the word of God, and they were crying. They were crying over the word of God. They were, they were tender-hearted and sensitive. They were remembering their sins and their guilt. They were remembering the pain and the trials. They remembering the faithfulness of God. And often, as the word of God was read, often there was tears shed over the word of God. And I want to ask you, are you sensitive to the word of God? Is your heart tender and open to what the word of God is speaking to you? Because our call, just like Josiah, is to, 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 to be sensitive, to tear our clothes, to be sensitive to the word of God, to be in that state of humility. And the source of our humility is when we understand this truth. We understand the only thing we deserve is the wrath of God. The only thing that we deserve, that we earn, is his wrath because of our sin. But yet God, right? Yet God, while we were yet enemies, he gave to us Christ. He made atonement for our sin. He made a way out of that. He made a way to escape his wrath. Right, we, we see those, that beautiful word there in verse 26, right, as, as the prophetess is speaking. It says, but, in verse 26, right, but God, right, but to the king of Judah who inquired of the Lord, thus says to him, thus says the Lord God regarding the words, because your heart was tender and humble, yourself, because you humbled yourself before the God and you heard the words against this place, and against the inhabitants, right? Because you heard the words of God, because you humbled yourself before me and you tore your clothes and you wept before me, I truly have heard you, declares the Lord. And what does he promise? He promises peace to him. He promises that he will gather him to his fathers, that he would not experience the wrath of God, but he would escape God's wrath. We, too, can escape the wrath of God. As we humbly surrender and submit to him and to his word, as we humbly surrender and repent of our sin, trusting and believing in Jesus Christ only, and the third thing is our call to surrender in obedience to the word. So we see that he was broken, right? We see that he was, con he, he was broken before God and he was, he was weeping before God and, and the reading of God's word. But we see his acts of obedience. We see that he, he wasn't just giving lip service, but this was a heart transformation that was happening to King Josiah, that something started stirring on the inside of his heart. Right As he's doing work on the outside, as he's, he's destroying temples or uh, destroying altars and destroying these, these idols, right? The word of God intersects his story. 
He intersects what he's doing there in the temple, and he's, 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 he's rebuilding it, and he's restoring the temple, and the word of God intersects it. And there's something beautiful that happens. And God reveals to him the need that's in his heart. That it's not the physical temple, not the building that needs to be restored in God's people, but it's the heart that needs to be renewed, that he needs a new heart. He needs a new beginning, and it it starts on the inside of our hearts. And it starts with a broken and an open and a vulnerable heart before God. As the prophet Joel says in verse 13 of the second chapter, he says, tear your hearts, not merely your garments. And what do we receive when we are broken before God? When we are open and vulnerable before God, what do we see? He said, now return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in mercy and relenting of catastrophe. When we are exposed and vulnerable before God, what we receive is a good heavenly father, a God of second chances and third chances and fourth chances that is gracious and merciful, quick to forgive. Not only does he forgive those sins, but he casts them as far as the east is from the west. He remembers them no more. But then the smallest thing that you do in his name, by just giving a cup of water, he remembers the smallest of things. How good is our God? How amazing is our God? And how in need are we of our God and of his word? How in need are we of the reminders of his truth and his promises? Because if we forget, If we remember his words no more, if we lose the love of his word and the desire for his word, the devastation is great. The effects are horrible. Not only are they horrible, but they're eternal to those that we are leading, to our families, to the next generation. So May 2022, for us, right, be the year of the word, where we get serious about the word, about the relationship, our relationship with God, that we are serious before God, that we deal seriously with the sin of our life, that we do seriously in seeking God when we want to and when we don't want to. Because I don't don't always feel like being a Christian. I don't know about you. (laughs) I don't always feel like reading my Bible. I don't always feel like praying. I don't know about you, but May 2022 be the day that the year of of reckoning, the year of, of us being serious before God. And so there's a couple responses that I want us to come to and I want us to think about as we as we wrap up the scriptures and as we wrap up our time together. The first question, does your sin grieve you? It was only but a few weeks ago that we were um, with, I was with my small group. I had some, we have some young boys that will meet on Monday morning at 7 a.m. on a weekday at Crabtree's, all right? We get coffee and donuts and whatever else they want. And we, 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 we talk about the word of God and we reason with the word of God. And we talked about this question of, of you know, before Christ, 
our lives were a certain way. But now that we are in Christ, what has changed? And we went around and we were talking about some different things. And then one young man, he said, my sin grieves me. Man, my sin grieves me. And it spoke to my heart. Does my sin grieve me? It was a heart checkup for me. Can we say that? Can we say that? Or is there sin on our calendar? Do we have those, those sins planned out and played out in our life? Or, or does it grieve us? Does your sin grieve you? And if it doesn't, we need to pray. We need to seek God. We need to ask God to create in us a clean heart, a new heart. Transform this heart of stone and give me a tender heart, Lord. Render our hearts before him. Expose your heart and your need for a new heart. Ask God to, to, to grieve you, right? Ask God for, for your heart to grieve over your sin and the sin of your family and the sin of this land and the sin of those in your workplace. The second thing, is your life pointing to the word of God? The life that you live. Do others see the word of God living and active do they see the scriptures playing out in your life? The conversations around the dinner table, the conversations at night as you put your kids to bed, when you wake up, the conversation around the, the water tower in the break room, is it pointing towards God's truth and God's word? Do people see God? Do they see Jesus in you? Do they see the scriptures come alive? And are you able to point back and say, when they ask you, what are you doing? Why do you talk this way? Why do you raise your children in such a way? Why do you do business like that? Do you point them back to scripture? Because this is our authority. This, the living, active word of God is our authority, is our source, our guidance, our life. It is everything. Everything. And do we point others back? Is our life pointing others back? We see that in the life of Josiah, right? He gets it. There's heart transformation. There's a heart change in his life. He's like, oh my goodness, right? He's rendered. He's broken before the God. He's like, this is what the land needs. This is what I need, right? This is how we should live and how we should to do business. And this is how we should operate from the greatest to the least. And he gathers all the people and he proclaims the word of God and they read the word of God. And in his state of authority and in his position of authority, he tells the land, this is how we're going to live our life. It is by, by this, by the law of God, by the word of God. Is that true of us and our families? Is that true of the conversations that we have? Man, what a different world we would live in. What a different way of, of, of doing life, of raising our children, of doing work, of doing business. How different would our lives look if we filtered everything through the truth and through the word of God like we are supposed to. All the more reason to be an accountable discipling relationship. All the more reason, right, to be a part of a, of a great cloud of witnesses, a body of believers, a family that is greater than our blood family, right, but greater than our biological family. This, right, the blood of Jesus Christ, this family, the greater need that we have to worship together, 
to get in small group together, to be in discipling relationships together, to be open and to be real and to be honest with each other. Because it is the active, the living word of God that transforms and changes. Charles Spurgeon says that if we want revivals, we must revive our reverence for the word of God. If we want revivals, right, we see revival breaking out here in the land. The word of God is highly esteemed. And we see revival that happens in the land. And if that's what we want, if we desire a change in our walk, in our life, in our family, if we want that, we desire revival, we desire that, we can't have it apart from the word of God. We cannot, and we will not, and we will never have it apart from the word of God. May we surrender. May we hold this high. May we hold this near. May we have love and respect and a desire for it a devotion for it, obedience and surrenderance underneath it. Not my thoughts, not my ways, not mine, but his, right? Isaiah says that. My ways are above your ways, right? My thoughts above your thoughts. May we continue to be under and surrendered before the word of God. Then we will see revival, right? Then we will see And so that question, this last question, are you actively surrendering your preferences? Are you actively surrendering your comforts and your talents, your very life to the Lord of God? Are you you surrendering to his word and to his will, to his ways? Are you actively surrendering? Because I need it every day. The days that I, I don't eat, of the word of God, the days that, 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 that I, I get too busy and go up in haste, right? And I forget the word of God? Man, those days are not beautiful. They're not rich. But let us be a people, a church, let us be individuals. Let us be families. Let 2022, right, be a, a new year that we, like Pastor Jason say, says, like, fill up our cup. Our cup overflows with the word of God, with his promises and his goodness. May it overflow to those around us. May our hearts be revived. I'm going to ask and the band to come up at this time. And I want, I want to ask you one last question. Has there been a time in your life where you rendered your hearts and not your garments? Where you rendered your hearts before God? Where you tore open and you were exposed and vulnerable before God of your need of a savior? Your need of, of, of revival, your, your need for a new heart, a clean heart, a second chance of forgiveness and grace and mercy. If there has not been, then let the words of the prophet Joel and the word of God resound in your heart to tear your heart and not your garments. To return to the Lord your God 
For he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in mercy, relenting of catastrophe. Today is the day of salvation. And we have a a need of a greater king. As Josiah was a great king, right? As, As revival, right? But he was only able to do so much. He was only able to to, to help with the land and the decrees for the time that he had. But we need a king that will transform and change our hearts from the inside out. And his name is Jesus. Do you know him? More importantly, does he know you as his child, as his family? Have you been redeemed and saved by Jesus? Today is the day of salvation. Let us respond.